Type Network presents The views and opinions expressed in the Pisada Tales are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with professionally or personally unless explicitly stated. Any content provided by the host and guests are of their own knowledge and opinion and do not intend to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Hello! Uh, I'm kinda back. <laughs> uh, so, it's been a while since uh, I've done an episode. I guess it's been weeks. Not really that long of a while. Uh, but this is a... I guess a relatively special episode. Uh, first off, I'm not yet back from my semi-hiatus. Uh, I, I'm still currently in the process of trying to, you know, first rest and second, uh, thinking of things uh, that I could do for the podcast, you know, to help it improve and all that. All right. So this is just going to be one of, I think, two uh, episodes that I'll be doing throughout the hiatus. All right. Uh, this first one, that I've been doing is actually a <laughs> uh, funny story. This is actually just a an excuse for me to make content, <laughs> but I'm actually using a school requirement, right? Uh, in case you're not uh, aware, made aware of, maybe I haven't mentioned it in the podcast or uh, whatever, but I'm actually taking up units in the University of the Philippines uh, to get enough units so I could take the licensure exam for teachers, right? And one of the subjects that I took this past semester was actually on um, educational psychology, right? Uh, EDFD 116, uh, 116, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so shout out to all my classmates who happen, who, who might be listening to this and of course to my professor, uh, my professor, Ma'am Tina uh, Aligada, right? So uh, originally we have a, we have two final requirements. One is a final paper, Right, and the other is an infographic uh, that uh, that will explain that paper. Right, and me personally, I had the gall to ask, uh, "Ma'am, can I not do an infographic?" Because personally, I suck at you know making infographics. He asked, "Ma'am, can I make a podcast episode on it?" And she said, "Sure." And here we are. So this is a, this is essentially uh, a summary of my final paper for that uh, subject, right? So it's uh, about educational psychology, right? And uh, it's about just analyzing it from the perspective of what we've learned in class, analyzing uh, this past school year, right? So, of course, uh, as we're all aware of, most of us, uh, not well, all of us pretty much here in the Philippines have been subject to one form of distance learning, Right, one form or another, and so uh, yeah, I wrote a paper on uh, analyzing that whole year through the lens of educa- uh, educational psychology theories and principles that we discussed in class. And so, uh, at times, this this might get a little bit technical, but hopefully, uh, even if you're not part of, even if you haven't taken up that particular subject, I hope you learn something from this one. Uh, of course, this is pretty much a uh, an analysis roughly made by someone who's still studying. So I am very much open to learning more, but hopefully uh, to those who have no idea all right, of what we've talked about in class, it's fine. No worries. I still hope that you get to listen to this one and get to learn something new from this one. The format of the show will be 
quite similar, right? Uh, but um, again, this is a very special episode. One of uh, maybe two episodes that I'll be having uh, before reg- before regular programming resumes later on in the year, right? Probably in a month or so, right? So uh, just sit back and relax, and uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Through education, you can also better yourselves in other ways. You learn how to learn, how to think critically and find solutions to unexpected challenges. Education also teaches you the value of discipline. You can learn how to be a better human being. Right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Pissarra Tales. I am Jay Mistrelia, or Sir Jay, as my students call me, and this podcast is all about my thoughts and experiences as a young millennial teacher. I am kind of back, <laughs> like I mentioned in the cold open, uh, but... I hope you guys are doing well listening to this episode, whether you are listening through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate you joining us this week. And as always, the Pissarra Tales is part, still part, of the Filipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network, or Pipe Network for short. Thank you very much uh, to Pipe. You can check out all their other amazing uh, podcasts, especially those that, you know, we have new podcasts now ever since uh, I've been away. And I'm really, really happy uh, for all the members of the Pipe Network. You can check out their podcast uh, and other content from the network. Just uh, check out the links in the description. Of this episode. And in case you missed it, we also have a Facebook group. It's called the Teacher's Lounge by the Pissarra Tales. You can, uh, you can go ahead and join us there. You know, uh, you know, just take your time and, uh, take in, uh, take, take in all the, uh, the new information that we're sharing there. Of course, you can get updates from the epi- uh, from the podcast rather. Right. Sorry, I'm a little bit uh, nervous. It's been a while since I recorded a new episode. I've been, uh, I've been fine. Right, I've just been taking my time to rest. You know, uh, the past, uh, the last weeks of uh, the school year, personally for the school that I work for, it's been a little bit hectic. Uh, but now uh, we're free, at least for a month, for the next few weeks, and um, I'm also going to take my time to really think about what I can do for the podcast. So this one is one of several probably two episodes that i'll be doing and this one will be about my final paper as i've explained in the cold open so uh you know before we get into it we'll just pause for a quick break and then we'll be right back this is the pissar tales hey folks my name is rajiv doriswami and i'm the host of the rajiv show Check out The Rajiv Show at The Rajiv Show both on Facebook and Instagram and new episodes will be released every Wednesdays. Cheers, folks, and stay safe. If you want to learn something new or useless about the world around you, why don't you try listening to the Banyu Podcast Reflushed on Spotify, Anchor, or any podcast app that you use. And we're back here in the Pissarra Tales where you are still with me, Sir Jay. This is a special off-the-box episode of the Pissarra Tales where I'll be basically summarizing my synthesis and reflection paper. So just a quick background. The, the topic of the paper is actually just, you know, analyzing the past school year through the, through the lens 
of what we've learned in the class that I took, which uh, was EDFD 116. It is a class on educational psychology. It's actually an undergraduate class. And so um, I would just like to share some of the things that I've learned uh, throughout that sem and applying it to uh, my experiences and all, I guess some of the exp- collective experiences of the teachers here in the Philippines. Of course, most if not all of the things that are said in this paper are from uh, my own perspective and I'm very much open if there are things that are wrong in this one. So if you have any comments or suggestions, you know, feel free to message me uh, later on when uh, I give out the socials. Right. So here we go. You know, for almost two years, uh, of course, we've seen the effects of the pandemic in all aspects of life, uh, especially in education. Of course, we had to reimagine how uh, teachers would have to teach their students, right, in a setup that is physically distant, right, and of course, socially distant. And so, you know, we had to comply with, you know, better. Uh, we had to comply with better health and safety standards. And so, at least here in the Philippines, distance learning became the norm, right? And this has been going on for almost two years. Actually, the latter end of school year 2020-2021, right? Uh, sorry, 2019-2020, right? The latter end of that year already. We already have got a taste of what distance learning will be. And then, of course, this past school year, 2020-2021, right? It's a full year of distance learning, right? And actually, the road to this distance learning has been rather shaky at best, right? After the immediate two-month suspension of classes in the country brought about by the pandemic, the Department of Education here in the Philippines soon began looking into the possibility of distance learning. And we've seen that, right? I mean, originally, classes uh, for 2021 were supposed to start right by late august but it was pushed back to around october right because uh deped realized that we needed more time to prepare for online learning and asynchronous learning right now again just a quick refresher of what we've been doing in the past year currently schools across the country are employing at least one of the following methods right you have your online classes and your modular learning when we and in this particular paper when we talk about online classes we are talking about the conducting of live you know zoom calls google meets right basically a video conferencing style uh way of teaching right and then the use of asynchronous tasks through online learning learning management systems or lms when we say modular learning, we're now talking about the uh, modules that, of course, there are modules in soft copies online, right? But uh, for this particular paper, talking about modular learning, we're pertaining to the type of learning where we are, uh, that students are using, you know, those uh, paper printed modules, right? And often both techniques, they can actually be integrated. Some schools employ both. Not all schools only uh, do one, actually. So it really was a lot of uh, trial and error in the early early months of this school year, right? And of course, throughout the past months, stakeholders have all seen the various challenges brought about by the seemingly unprepared rollout of online learning, right? So, you know, if you would recall in the early months of the school year, you know, we've seen the struggles of some teachers who you know, would go to different lengths just to get Wi-Fi signal or uh, 
no mobile data signal so that they can hold their online classes. Of course, we've seen throughout Facebook and Twitter and, it's, and probably Instagram some of those erroneous modules uh, that we've seen that are you know just uh, you know just funny at best and you know appalling at worst. And you know all of these uh, logistical and content challenges. You know we've taken note of this, right? We know that uh, this was bound to happen, but it was still saddening to know that it was happening when the school year was already starting, right? Um, I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but one of the steps taken by the Department of Education so that uh, the academic load would be alleviated at a time like this was to publish what is known as the Most Essential Learning Competencies, or MELCs. If you're a teacher, you've probably heard of these four letters before and um, you know ideally the concept behind this was that these MELCs were the list of learning competencies that are well as the name suggests essential right this was actually not just only to address the challenges of the pandemic but actually it was a response right to the call of sustainable development goal 4 right support by the United Nations wherein Countries or nations are asked to develop resilient education systems, right? And so, uh, you know, DEPED provided uh, teachers throughout the country this list of competencies that we, we have to meet, right? And this was a product supposedly of years of curriculum review, understanding what is essential to the Filipino student, what are the topics that need to be uh, taken up, and also a given schedule, right? So it there are a lot of factors that come into play here, right? It depends on their intersectionality across subject areas, their application to real life, you know, their importance to the student after they graduate. You know, there are a lot of uh, factors as to what goes into that list if this learning competency is important enough, right? And so... From our understanding, when this came out, right, a significant number of competencies were either revised or scrapped entirely due to redundancies. Sorry about that, right? So they were scrapped entirely due to redundancies, right? And, you know, I, when this came out, teachers were like, okay, so at least uh, we thought that this was going to be much simpler now, right? That we know that these are just the things that... Um, we're going to teach. But actually, for anyone who's seen the MELCs, it's still a pretty extensive list. And um, I'm not entirely sure if that is actually just the condensed list that uh, we have to discuss to ourselves. But I digress, right? Now, it's undeniable that these major changes in our education system have had significant effects on learners and teachers alike. Right? So let's first take a look at the learner side. What are some of the effects of the whole distance learning setup, right? In terms of how students are now trying to learn at this current setup, right? Uh, well, first of all, the the most obvious concern is that schools are physically closed, right? And this has become a major problem because schools have always provided a safe space for students to not just develop, you know, their knowledge, their cognitive skills, but their physical needs as well. If we go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, in order for people to develop into what Maslow describes as self-actualization, 
one's basic and physiological needs must be met, right? So schools across the country, they actually provide learners with basic needs, such as a safe learning environment and in most cases, nutritious food. Sometimes students will just get their food from the school, right? And so uh, these kinds of basic needs are being met by physical schools, at least ideally. Moreover, psychological needs, so one step up in that uh, hierarchy of needs, right? Psychological needs like the need for social interaction with their classmates, with their teachers, their friends, and the development of esteem issues, so, such as feelings of accomplishment and confidence, they are being met and honed through schools. And when you take that away from them, when you do because of this online setup, you know, students are not able to go to school and some of these needs are actually not being met. And so that presents a problem as to students trying to learn because, you know, they can't get to that level of optimization, that self-actualization that Maslow uh, aspires for us if the basic needs are not being met, right? But unfortunately, because of the pandemic, uh, we would have to, you know, we rewire or we would have to change the way we do schooling right and that has uh, taken a hit another major area of child development that has been affected by the current distance learning setup is their cognitive development right and so if we look at it from uh, psychologist lev virgotsky's understanding that learning is a result of social and cultural interactions the lack of physical schooling impedes learning in that sense, right? If there is no social and cultural interaction, it is hard for students to continue on learning because wala silang kabatuhan in Tagalog, right? They don't have anyone to throw their ideas with. They don't have anyone to uh, sharpen them, right, in a way, right? So learners, particularly those in the primary and secondary levels, as described by Vygotsky, they're not necessarily used to distance learning. In fact, these are the levels wherein more supervision is needed, right? That lack of interaction with a, quote, more knowledgeable other, as Vygotsky describes it, right? It slows down the development of learning faculties for students. If these students are not learning from, of course, you know, the more knowledgeable other in the school setting would be the teacher, Right? And as we've seen throughout the months, we cannot fully expect our parents as much as they would like to help us and they would, uh, you know, do their best to help their students, right, in learning. That is, uh, you know, they're already juggling a lot of responsibilities already, right? And so teachers supposedly help alleviate that. But because we are socially distant, that becomes a problem for developing students, especially those in the primary and the secondary levels. Right? Another area of child development that is uh, probably the most negatively affected is the psychosocial development. Right? So if you take into account uh, Erickson's theory of psychosocial development, this distress is most evident in students who fall under the middle three stages. So just a quick background, Erickson's theory of psychosocial development uh, tells us that there are that life uh, that life is can be seg- that can be separated into a series of development. Alright? And I think it starts uh, there are like seven, if I'm not mistaken, there are seven stages of development. The middle three 
is the one that is most affected by distance learning, right? So according to Erickson, humans develop their so- psychosocial skills through a series of stages where earlier stages serve as a precursor to the next succeeding stages. For preschoolers, right, they are geared towards exploration and finding a sense of purpose as humans, right? And this is provided to them by schools, right? As they explore, they develop their sense of initiative and guilt, right? And, you know, these are being guided by more knowledgeable others, parents, teachers, adults. For those in the middle school, they are in the process of understanding their competence, right? This strength is naturally honed in the formal education setting where their learning experiences cause them to continually choose between industry and inferiority, right? So that, uh, that quote-unquote dichotomy, I guess, between being uh, masipag, right? Being industrious or being inferior, right? And this is where they start to realize that. Now, for most high, high school students, they are in the process of understanding and shaping their identities. At their age, it is important that they have peer interaction because this is where they start to learn that interactions with other people help them understand who they are as individuals. Now, because of this whole distance learning setup, right, it hampers the development in all of these stages. The lack of physical schooling has limited social act interactions behind screens, right? Sometimes, students will get so tired from the online setup that they don't really have enough time to have other meaningful social interactions. Because where, how else would they get it? They would also look at the screen. But if they're already too tired from schooling, right, then they might not have the energy to hone their social interactions. And so that presents a problem because there's, this creates a slide in their personality Right, and it has sometimes affected their attitude towards learning, causing them to burn out much quicker than before. Now, apart from apart from students, apart from learners having difficulty with this new distance learning setup, teachers have also felt the brunt of this major shift. Right, first off, online classroom management is very much different, and it's a lot more challenging. Right. Personally, when I've been holding um, synchronous classes, right, so we usually do it through Zoom. Most of the time, I honestly feel like I'm a Twitch streamer. Right. I end up feeling like um, pretty much how I record this podcast. I'm talking to a void. Right. I'm just talking to whoever would listen because a lot of them, first off, they would mute their mics, and second, they would close their screens. They would close their cameras rather. And so, the lack of interaction is also difficult, not just for the teacher, uh, not just for the learner, but also for the teacher, right? Because they barely recite, they treat synchronous classes as a way of just passive learning. You know, they're just listening. You don't really know if they're doing something else. You don't really, uh, you have no assurance that they're actually listening to you and digesting the information that you're being, uh, that you are telling them, right? And, well, that presents a challenge for us. Because again, we have, no clear way of gauging if they are actually learning. And so because of this, it's rather difficult to employ the usual discipline standards, the usual discipline methods, rather, suggested by the likes of Rell and Wattenberg and Kunin. Group dynamics, they have now deteriorated because collaborative work is seen as you know a chore for most students now. You know, that that just means that they have to do work, you know, 
outside of the synchronous classes and while they love interacting with their friends i i, I hope right interacting with them because of school is not really how they would love to interact right and from experience it is actually more challenging considering that Another reason is that interact access is not the same for everyone. It's not as consistent as everyone uh, might hope, right? And another another reason why teachers are having much difficulty is that Kunin's principle of withiness, withiness, right, is even more difficult to employ because it is much harder for us to know we are to know what students are doing behind their screens. We are no longer masters of our domain, the classroom, because we have no idea whether or not they are actually focused to us, right? This also takes a toll on classroom integrity because there's no, there's really no stopping students if they want to get their answers from the internet or from their notes, right? And so Carol Dweck's work on mindsets also comes into play for these students because it is a lot more difficult for students to be motivated to keep on studying, you know, with a whole global pandemic uh, happening right uh, right around them, right? It's it's much more difficult for students uh, to be more dynamic in how they go about learning, right? They are more inclined to stick to their fixed mindsets as described by Carol Dweck, right? And because of this, you know, the main attitude for students nowadays is just, they just want to get things over with. They want to finish school as quickly as they can, right? Uh, they want to get this over. They see it as a chore, no longer as an agent of change, right? And because of this, you know, they no longer have a growth mindset. They no longer see school as a place of learning. They see it as something that they have to do. And you know that creates a disconnect between uh, me as a teacher, right? And them as a student. And on top of all of this, right, we go back to the aforementioned MELCs, right? It is much harder to put into practice because they are still pretty intensive. The, you know, when I was making my uh, lesson plans when I started out the year, I realized that this was supposed to be condensed. It was still very, very long. And even then, um, I tried my best to fit in all the learning competencies needed. But from experience, it's really, really difficult to put it to action. Because for students, they're, they're really having a lot of problems, you know, digesting the things that they're learning. Everything is not as conducive as we want it to be. Now, amidst all these challenges, right? In spite of all these challenges, what can be done, right? Now, for one thing, basic needs must be met for students and teachers alike. What does this mean? On a macro level, the improvement of logistical concerns and the distribution of modules is critical, right? So what does that mean is that we have to make sure that students and teachers alike, right, are healthy in all aspects, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, right? They're getting in adequate food. They're being safe, right? They're keeping healthy in terms of, especially now that public health is a major, major concern, right? In order for us to get to self-actualization, as Maslow described, we have to meet our basic needs first, right? 
even with those doing online classes, consistent and reliable internet is necessary, but it has become the subject of inequity our students, our citizens rather, face with regards to accessibility and affordability. If you're going to have online classes, you need to make sure that it is equitable for everyone involved, for the students and for the teachers, right? For all students, it's also difficult for them to focus Right on studying when their families might be on the brink of poverty, if not already. Right. So, in line with fulfilling basic needs, as Maslow suggests, Filipinos must be given proper aid, financially or in kind, for them to not worry so much about these basic necessities, allowing them to focus on other things such as schooling. Another recommendation would be the implementation of academic easing. Now, we've seen this in practice throughout the months. You know, the major universities and most schools, you know, have. Uh, sanity breaks they will have reading breaks basically they are trying to lighten up the load of a really intensive education system and that is great right the usual approach that is the usual approach though however other forms of academic easing can include the revamping of the kind of homeworks right what i mean by this back in the day a lot of the homeworks that we uh, give our kids they're geared towards objective kinds of homeworks you know Research about this. What is this? What is that? Right? It's very, um, you know, objective in a sense. And now, we, we as educators need to look at assessment in a different way. We need to see them. We need to see our students applying the things that we learn more on the application and the reflection. Right? Because the offering of these opportunities for non-academic integration amongst peers, right? It is much better for students and they would understand that hey what i'm learning here actually has relevance what i'm learning here actually is important or at least i can relate it to my day-to-day life right holistic growth is still key in education just because the classroom shifted online doesn't mean these attributes would then be neglected and then finally i think uh all of this would be for naught if we are not geared towards the safe return of students and teachers in the face-to-face classroom setting. Nothing beats the benefits of in-person formal education, right? Schools are safe spaces for learning, for growth, for development. And to do this, it is imperative that our government must strengthen mass testing programs and mass inoculation programs. An intersectional approach must be taken in this case, the sooner public health issues are addressed, the sooner we may all go back to our classrooms. And so, uh, yeah, I hope that that gives to light uh, the past school year and a half, right? Uh, through the lens of educational psychology. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this special off the books episode of the bizarre tales if you learn something if you like what you're hearing here or if you have comments if you want to correct me or anything feel free to message us be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bizarre tales if you have any messages or comments you can also email us the bizarre tales at gmail.com the original theme music that you heard and will hear was composed by ej Adrilin. uh thank you very much again to my edft classmates and to my professor ma'am tina aligada thank you very much for listening once again this is sir j wishing you a wonderful day